Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem. What a wonderful privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We ask that you stand this morning as we begin our worship service. The 34th Psalm, verses 1 through 4 and 8 and 9 say this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall fear of it, hear of it, and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There was no want to those who fear him. Let us bow before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being in your presence and among your people to worship and praise your name. Bless us as we praise you and lift you up in spirit and truth. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give our God a hand clap of praise this morning. How many are glad to be in God's house this morning? We celebrate an amazing God. This Sunday we acknowledge the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ by giving his own life just for us. And those who are watching us virtually, we want you to join us in worship today. But how many are grateful for the sacrifices of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for each and every one of us? We thank him for the blood which continues to wash and make us all whole. We know that he was crucified and laid behind a stone Come on, everybody together. Let's lift this simple worship song. Come on. Crucify. Crucify. Lay behind. took the fall. Come on and thought of me. Come on, 
on, we say above all. Come on, are you grateful this morning, everybody? Come on, we say crucify. Come on, lay behind the stone. He lived to die. Rejected. Like a rose. Trampled on the ground. Took the fall. Thought of me. Come on, above all. Come on, y'all. Let's say it again, everybody. We say, crucify. We're grateful this morning that you did it. And pardon me. Come on, above all. You came from heaven to earth. Everybody to show. From the earth to the cross. The Lord paid our debts. From the cross to the cross and from the grave to the sky, we promise to lift your name. Come on, if you came here to lift them this morning, everybody, come on. You came from heaven. Let's tell the story to show us. And from the earth to the cross. on the ground. Come on, you took. You took the fall. Thought of me. Thought of me. Above all. Above all. Like a rose, everybody trample. Trampled on the ground. You took you the fall. Took the Above all. Come on, let's give him glory this morning if you're grateful.
Salem, it's time for prayer. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Family, let's keep our leadership in prayer, praying for those serving at the federal, local, and state level. We also want to keep on our hearts and our minds those hospitalized, Brother James Alley, Brother Steve Hawthorne. We want to keep those in mind that are on our prayer list, infant writer Nicole Ross, Sister Lily Holmes, Sister Brittany and Zoe Jones, Sister Annie Lankford, Sister Jonisa McGlowan, the daughter of Deacon Bobby and Mother Sonia McGlone, Sister Valerie Middlebrook, Sister Alberta Mitchell, Sister Regina Mitchell, Sister Velma Saunders, Sister Felicia Thompson, Brother John Brightman, Brother Odie Coleman, Brother Sam Young, the brother of Emma Devers. You also want to keep in our hearts those that have bereavement in their family, the family of Sister Avery Edwards. The memorial service will be held on Wednesday, August 10th at 11 a.m. here from Salem. The sister of the family of Sister Norma Ruth Goodwin. Memorial service will be held on Friday, August 12th at 11 a.m., also here from Salem. Brother James Mackay Brewer and Sister Lisa Walker and the loss of his great-grandmother and her aunt, Ruby Smith. Brother Clayton Bullard, Jr. and the loss of his mother, Mercedes Bullard. The family of Dr. Talisha Chandler and their loss is the wife of one of our pastor's dear friends, Dr. Anthony Michael Chandler, the pastor of Cedar Street Baptist Church of God in Richmond, Virginia. Also, we want to pray for the family of Amanda Arvey and their loss. It's the mother of Pastor Terry Arvey here in Omaha. Friends, family, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Eternal heavenly God, last time I looked, it was a little gloomy outside. But Lord, we thank you that the sun shines bright in the hearts of your elect, those that have committed to faith in you. We thank you for a sun that never sets, a sun that is never eclipsed, a sun that shines brighter than any other light source. We thank you for the name of Jesus Christ in which we have salvation. Lord, as a deer pants for water, so our soul pants for you. Lord, we need you. Every single day we need you, every hour we need you, every minute we need you. Every decision that we make in life, Lord, we just need you. Every thought that we have, we need you. Every idle moment in our life, Lord, we need you. Every job we apply for, Lord, we need you. Every word that we speak, Lord, we just need you. And we thank you, Lord, that you just so always provide. We thank you and are rocked by your faithfulness. We thank you that our salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ and the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Lord, as the lamb was led to the slaughter, you died on the cross for our sins. And so now out of our hearts flow rivers of living water. We thank you for that living water today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's dwelt in our hearts and our minds today. We thank you that you have declared that we are a temple of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the knowledge that it's not we who live, but it's Christ Jesus who lives in us. So, Lord, continue to live in us and through us. Continue to help the church 
be a major force in our community. Help us to make an impact in the world. Lord, help, please help to stop the world from making such an impact and changes in the church. Lord, it's your church that should be making an impact on the world. So bless us theologically, bless us politically, bless us in each and everything that we do. Everything that goes on in this world, Lord, help the church to be a force for you. And you have given us your power. You have given us your word and your spirit, so we are well equipped. Lift us up and use us as vessels, as conduit of your glory. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We thank you that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that even when we try to walk away, you seem to grab us back. You love us so much. The scripture says, even while we were faithless, Lord, you are faithful. We're just so rocked by your faithfulness this morning. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that the same grace that saves us is the same grace that keeps us day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Lord, we lift you up and we thank you this morning. Bless our worship service. Help us to continue to lift you on high and worship you as we are created to do, to give you praise until there's no breath left in our lungs. And even then, help us to give you some more praise. Bless our pastor, our shepherd, as he delivers his word this morning. Speak through him, use him, and prepare our hearts to hear a word from you. We lift you up this morning. We lift every single person on this prayer list, and we just ask that you continue to be with them and bless them and help us to know and underscore the fact that we have victory that's in you. We pray all these things in the matchless, in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Salem. As we gather here on this first Sunday in August, there's two things, there's at least two things we know about August. One, it gets really hot. <laughs> so I hope that, I pray that you have been uh, able to stay cool and safe and kind of avoid all of the heat that we are experiencing right now. But the second thing we know about August is the month in which our pastor celebrates his birthday. So we, uh, we understand that this year is uh, one of those milestone birthdays. <laughs> so I won't share with you, maybe he'll share with you, but uh, it's one of those milestone birthdays. And so all month long, we're going to be celebrating and uh, wishing our pastor a happy birthday. So I want to encourage you to, uh, if you want to send him a birthday card, you can send it here to the church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. Or you might send them an email, you can send them a text, but we want to make sure that this is a very special birthday for him on this year as he celebrates this great milestone in his life. But then those, there are those of you who might want to bless him with a monetary gift, uh, you will have an opportunity to do that during the offering period. For those who are in worship with us on today, on your offering envelope, simply put Pastor Backus' birthday on the line that says other. If you're given uh, on one of our online platforms, just indicate so in the memo section. We'll make sure that he receives it, and I know that he will appreciate it. May God bless you and keep you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Minister Whitaker said, is it going to be 45, Pastor? I said, I wish. Amen. But I'm glad to see 55. Well, I hope to see 55. Amen. 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 Thank you, Deacon Johnson. <laughs> uh, 
shave my beard off. A couple of y'all was talking about how gray it was. <laughs> but I earned every gray hair that I have. Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all got your name on it. Amen. <laughs> I've been here 17 years. I can say some stuff like that now. Amen. How many glad to be in worship on today? Very quickly, very quickly, there's some things we want to highlight. We praise God on yesterday. We had a wonderful book bag giveaway. We gave away, I think, all 500 of those book bags to be a blessing to our community. And, uh, you know, my kids aren't in school anymore. Well, yeah, they're not in school anymore. But what a blessing it is that the Salem Church was able to help families mark at least one thing off of their back-to-school list. For some families, that means so much. So we thank all of our volunteers, for our corporate partners, uh, for assisting us, and for your generosity enabling us to do that. We have our back-to-school uh, prayer service on this Thursday, August 11th at 6.30. Uh, it will be streamed, and we are thankful for our leaders who will be leading us in prayer for everyone that is, uh, has any connection to our school systems, so please sign on and make sure you're a part of that. Uh, we, will, uh, we are partnering with Evergreen Capital to bring uh, financial education to our young adults, and uh, the third session will take place August 13th from 10 a.m. to noon, covering the topic of the road to financial Freedom. So please contact Mr. Minister Whitaker uh, to be a part of that. We'll be having our Community Safety Day along with the Bobby Byers Foundation on August 20th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. here on the campus of the Salem Church. We want to make sure that our community is safe and we're going to provide the information and resources to make sure that they are safe and secure. Amen? Amen. And we praise God that we uh, approaching, how many years have we been doing worshiping right now? That long, that long, nine years. And so worshiping white is on Sunday, August the 28th at 10 p.m. So don't just come by yourself, bring someone with you. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. It has become a staple in the city. What did I say? Okay, I don't want to see y'all at 10 p.m. So, 10 a.m. I'm so sorry. Amen. 10 a.m. on Sunday, August 28th. Amen. We thank you for your continued faithfulness in your giving, your stewardship, and uh, it is a part of your discipleship as you continue to give faithfully. 
those who are present in the sanctuary as you exit worship on today there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering for those who are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church <clears throat> you can mail your tithe and offering here to the church Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. you can bring your tithe and offering to the church you can give through our website at salembc.org through PayPal, through Venmo, through Givelify, through Cash App, and you can text to give. Amen? You cannot beat God giving no matter how you try. And there are those who can testify that if you try the Lord with the tithe, he will do exactly what he said he would do. He will open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. You won't have room enough to receive. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship.
Hallelujah. That's why all of us can shout today. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand now in reverence to the Word of God. For all of our visitors on today, both in the sanctuary and in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we thank you for gathering with us in worship on today. I'm going to ask you to turn now to, once again, to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. And the word of God reads, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today once again by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, the promise fulfilled. The promise fulfilled. <clears throat> Over the last few weeks, we have been able to take a peek into the life of the biblical patriarch Abraham and his wife Sarah. We have observed their pilgrimage, their paths, and their pursuits. We have probed their problems, their predicaments, and their prosperity. And we've observed the Lord provide, protect, and fulfill his promise. We first were able to answer the question guess who's coming to dinner? When three unexpected, unforeseen, uninvited guests show up in Abraham's camp. We then are given a front row seat to witness Abraham becoming a repeat offender. In the sermon entitled, The Restoration of a Repeat Offender. Still shouts me. When I realize that as the Lord restored in the story of Abraham and Sarah, he can restore in your life as well. Someone listening to my voice on today knows that they are a testimony of the Lord's restoring power. And on last week, we started looking at the fulfillment of the Lord's promise to Abraham and Sarah. 
promise the Lord made to them on multiple occasions. And we focused on the reality last week that the Lord's timing is perfect. We observed the Lord's timing is perfect because he had prophesied that the promised child, Isaac, would come by way of Sarah's womb. His timing is perfect because he prepared Abraham and Sarah physically to produce the child Isaac at what seemed to be an improbable, implausible, unusual, unlikely, and unbelievable age in their lives. Sarah was 90, and Abraham was 100. And lastly, the Lord's timing is perfect because he pinpointed the time Isaac would be born. Listen very quickly to Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 and 2 once again. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. I am encouraged by the principle and precedent, precedent established by the Lord in the story of Abraham and Sarah. The Bible says Isaac was born at the set time which God had spoken to him. The set time. It means at a particular time at an assigned time. And the verse ends saying this, which God had spoken to him. Meaning to Abraham, Isaac did not arrive early and he did not arrive late. He arrived, yeah, somebody said it over there, at the set time, just as the Lord had spoken. And I hope someone is listening with your spiritual senses right now. Please know and understand the Lord is not going to be hurried by your harassment. I know it sounds harsh, and maybe I should say it this way. The Lord is not going to change his agenda to satisfy your appetite, ambitions, and aspirations. Okay, maybe that's still a little bit too harsh. Maybe it can be understood this way. The Lord is not going to change his timetable to avoid your tantrums, your theatrics, and your tendency to try to rush him. When the Lord has spoken a set time, it is settled, certain, scheduled, and secure. 
let me put you on notice. There are times the Lord is watching your spiritual life as you are approaching the set time he's put in place. He wants to know, are you praying or are you pouting? Are you saying, this is what I want? Or are you saying, Lord, I want your will for my life? Are you patient as that set time approaches? Or are you protesting and picketing about the Lord is late to fulfill his promise? We have to remember what the sermon taught us on last week. The Lord's timing is perfect. And on today, we continue to focus on the promise fulfilled in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. So not only does this text suggest the Lord's timing is perfect, it suggests as well that the Lord changed Abraham and Sarah's perspective. One definition of perspective says a mental view or prospect, state of mind, the manner in which you mentally consider a situation or circumstance. It's a point of view. The Lord stepped in and changed their perspective. Now you can imagine the 25 years of waiting for Isaac's arrival had been tedious, tiresome, and taxing. Surely it was wearisome, wretched, and woeful. And it's likely Abraham and Sarah's perspective on life had been influenced by waiting. Clearly they were frustrated at times irritated and infuriated. You, you can imagine they were like most human beings, whether a believer or not. You get worn out while you're waiting. And it begins a battle for the health of your soul. Let's be truthful on the day. Your family is divided. Your children are estranged. Your job is uncertain. Your health is questionable. Your finances are unstable. All of those things begin to influence your perspective on life. Life can become dreary, dismal, and desolate. And I do want to take a moment to help someone on today whether you're in the sanctuary or in the virtual sanctuary, it may seem like it's just you. Because you look around at family gatherings, in the conference room at your job, and especially when you're around church folk. And it seems like everyone else has it all together. 
Seems like their families are like leave it to beaver. Well, that, that's too old for most of us. Okay, maybe the Brady Bunch. Okay, I see blank looks on your face, so that's still too old for some. Okay, maybe family matters. Still too old, I guess. Let me stop after one more, the Fresh Prince. Y'all know that one, Bel Air. My point is, people all around you make it seem as if their marriage is perfect, their children are innocent, uh, their house is pristine and perfectly clean, their credit is flawless, and their life is like a bed of roses. But let me help you on today. As immaculate as the lives of many around you may seem, their lives are messy as well. And what rhymes with well, amen. Their relationships are jacked up. They got money buried in the front yard because they're a few seconds from needing to be bailed out of lockup. They're researching the accommodations at the crazy house, struggling and straining like everybody else. They just seem to do a better job of covering it up, sweeping it under the rug, locking it up in the closet, and making sure the makeup on their mask is impeccable. For many, behind that smile is a frown. Under that laugh is a sigh. Behind that hug is a need to be held. When life throws you under the bus and drops the kitchen sink on your situation, it can affect and influence your perspective. That, that's why you should remember your perspective on life should not be based on external circumstances. It should be based on your internal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you can be sad and still have joy. You can be disappointed and still have joy. Your spirit may be struggling and you can still have joy. That's why the old saints would sing this joy that I have. The world didn't give it. The world can't. Hallelujah. Take it away. And yet with some level of confidence, we can assert that Abraham and Sarah's perspective on life had been influenced by their experiences. And we observe the Lord changing their perspective. Sadness was certainly present. Disappointment had become their roommate. Sorrow surely dwelled close by, and misery had definitely made their acquaintance. For so long, the promise had gone unfulfilled. 
Now Isaac has arrived. The child of promise is born. Sadness had been shipped off. Disappointment had been discharged. And misery had been replaced with happiness and contentment. The Lord has changed their perspective. And the Lord ensures that this change in perspective was permanent and long-lasting. Listen to verses 1 through 3 once again. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now to understand this and how the Lord had changed Abraham and Sarah's perspective, it must be understood what Isaac's name means. It means laugh or laughter. And their perspective was changed in reference to Isaac's name meaning laughter, first because of reflection. Yeah, I tell my friends, best friend all the time, you need to spend some time in reflection. One definition of reflection is a fixing of thoughts on something, careful consideration, a thought occurring in consideration or meditation. It is rumination and consideration. It is often taking the time to look back over an occurrence, incident, or occasion previously experienced. And I believe Sarah and Abraham's perspective had been changed because when they called Isaac's name, they began to reflect. I believe it caused them to reflect because of some prior occurrences and occasions. We have to be reminded that laughter played a particular part in Abraham and Sarah's perspective concerning the Lord's fulfilling the promise of them having a son. Let me remind you very quickly. Listen to what the text the sacred text says in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 17, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, before her name was changed, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be the mother, be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall come for her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old and shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child? Now you got to listen to Genesis chapter 18 verses 10 through 14. And he, speaking of the Lord, said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, 
well advanced in age. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, I shall surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now notice Abraham and Sarah's reaction to the Lord's prophesying the promise of Isaac's birth. They laughed. They laughed. And it was seen to be likely that when they called Isaac's name, it would cause them to reflect on the times they had laughed at what the Lord had promised. They, they would reflect on those times when they did not have enough faith. They reflected on those moments when they doubted the Lord's ability to fulfill his promise. Those moments when they looked at their age and their prior failure to have a child. They reflected on those moments when they laughed because they believed that kind of miracle was beyond the Lord's ability to bring it to pass. And don't look at your neighbor. Uh, but you can't be too hard and harsh on Abraham and Sarah. Every believer in Jesus Christ at some time or another has laughed at the possibility and probability of the Lord acting on your behalf in a mysterious and miraculous way. Now, you may not have laughed out loud, but just like Sarah did, you laugh within yourself. And when the Lord works it out and brings you out, you have to look back and reflect on what the Lord promised and rejoice about what he did. So he changed their perspective through their reflection on their prior responses to the Lord's promise. And he also changes their perspective as a reminder. A reminder. Now, it was a custom of the Hebrew people to name a place or build an altar where some great event had occurred or where the Lord had worked in some miraculous way. Listen to some of the examples. In Genesis chapter 22 verses 13 and 14 it says this, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son and Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. He named it Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. 
In Exodus chapter 17, verses 14 through 16, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Yahweh Nisi means the Lord is my banner. Listen to what it says in Judges chapter 6, verses 23 and 24. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom means the Lord is peace. Again, we must understand this was done to designate places the Lord had shown himself mighty and strong, but there was an additional reason. These places were given names to remind succeeding generations of what the Lord had done. So when others would come to this place called Yahweh Yara, they would be reminded the Lord will provide. When they would come to the place called Yahweh Nisi, they would be reminded the Lord will give you victory in battle. When they would come to the place called Yahweh Shalom, they would be reminded that the Lord is able to give you peace even when you're facing your enemies. So it was a reminder. In much the same manner, Isaac's name Laughter would remind Abraham and Sarah of the awe-inspiring and amazing miracle the Lord had performed on their behalf. So when they would call Isaac's name, or when they would see Isaac, it was a reminder, and they had to laugh because of the ridiculous, incredible, ludicrous, and outlandish nature of the Lord giving Abraham at, uh, a son at 100 and Sarah at 90. Listen to Genesis chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. Y'all don't get scared. The Lord not working miracles like that no more. And, and Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. Sarah says, my perspective has been changed. Once I was laughing at the audacious and ambitious promise the Lord made. Now, I'm laughing because of the favor the Lord has shown. Sometimes the Lord does things in your life where you just got to laugh. When you get that car and the crib that your credit score should have kept you from getting, 
Y'all laughed a little too loud right there. You just have to laugh. When the very person who was trying to ruin your career is the very same person who had to give you a promotion, you just have to laugh. When the very person who was uh, uh, dogging you and dragging your name and reputation through the mud has come to you for assistance, you just have to laugh. When you've accomplished something that even your family said you couldn't accomplish, you just have to laugh. Let me laugh for y'all. <laughs> Now, don't do it right now because I may think you're laughing at me. But at some point this week, you should take about 30 seconds and think about a blessing the Lord gave you, a burden he lifted from your spiritual shoulders the shame and guilt he removed from your life, the hurt he removed from your heart. And after you have thought about it for just a few seconds, you should take a minute to laugh. <laughs> now, I'm about to get messy for a moment. Uh, Sister Johnson, Sister Brown, do I have permission to be messy. Okay, all right. Now, I'm not telling you to do it. <laughs> but some, I'm not telling you to do it, but sometimes, don't you want to just dial up someone who hated on you? Who threw shade on you? Who lied on you? who gossip about you. Don't you just sometime want to dial them up and think about how the Lord has brought you through? Uh, don't you just want to dial them up? I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. But don't you just want to dial them up? Not say hello. Not say, can you hear me now? Not call their name. Don't you want to just dial them up and, and laugh? So they can know whatever they did, it didn't steal your joy. It didn't cause you to call it quits. It didn't cause you to lose your mind. Don't do it, don't do it. But don't you just want to call them up? No words, no name calling. And just laugh. All right, Sister Johnson, Sister Brown, I'm through being messy, all right? So the Lord, I know y'all want to do it sometime. I know I want to do it sometime. The Lord changed their perspective. But then the Lord displayed his power. The Lord displayed his power in doing what he did for Abraham and Sarah. Listen to Sarah in verse 7. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son. Now, 
listen closely to what she says. For I have borne him a son in his old age. <laughs> now, Brother Hutchinson, this is not on the page, but she didn't say nothing about her age. I borne him a son in his old age. That's a whole nother sermon right there. <clears throat> the Lord allowed Sarah to birth a child at 90. And she keeps reminding us that she knows Abraham is old. And it's really a testament to the Lord's power. Oh, thank God for the Lord's There are no parameters to his power, no restrictions to his power, no limitations to his power, no boundaries to his power, no constraints to his power. There are no reservations on his power, no obstructions to his power, no imperfections in his power. Uh, that's why we call him the omnipotent God. He has all power. been good pastoring y'all for 17 years but y'all gonna put me out after this and though they were speaking of a different subject I want to apply some of their urban lyrics to the power of the Lord uh, the great philosophers of the 1970s that went by the name of Funkadelic You say it this way. So why? Y'all know y'all know the words of that song. You can't get around it. So low. Oh, y'all tell it on yourself now. You can't get under it. Ah, oh, y'all still got that record. Not the CD, y'all still got the record. So high? Can't get over it. And that's the power of the Lord. And that's why we have these elements as I close right now before us today. This bread that's symbolic of the Lord's broken body and this fruit of the vine that is symbolic of the Lord's shed blood. Because he still has power. Oh, yes, he displayed it in Genesis chapter 21, but he still has power. Oh, I want to tell you, there's power in the blood. One songwriter said it this way, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you or evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There's power. Power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And it is as if the songwriter had to say it again. There's power. Power. Wonder-working power 
You say, I need to get a little bit more specific now. In the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, but I don't want us to leave here without understanding that there's power in the blood, but there's power in his resurrection. Because I need you to remember that, yes, he died on Friday, but that's not the end of the story. The old preacher would say, early? I said early. I said early Sunday morning. He got up with all power. in his hand. Doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Oh yes, I want you to know today that he still has power. And most importantly for each and every one of us, we know today that he has saving power. He wants to and will save you if you confess him as Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you're here in the sanctuary and you want to be saved, you want to make that confession of faith, want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you so much that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us immediately following the benediction there will be deacons in place to receive you into the family of faith or if you're listening or watching call us at 402-455-1000 option 3 there's someone waiting to hear your voice even now we extend this invitation on today. someone present on today or watching or listening has given their life to the Lord. You may be seated. We have the privilege on today to share, to share in one of the two ordinances that the Lord has left the church. The ordinance of the Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. It is an opportunity for us to reflect and be reminded of what the Lord has done for us in Jesus Christ.
of his crucifixion, Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper, this whole communion. The Bible says he took the bread, blessed it and broke it, and said to his disciples, take, eat. This is my body. Let us commune together. And likewise, he took the cup and declared, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shared for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us commune together. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We are grateful and thankful for the price paid and the sacrifice made through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of the blood. We thank you for the power of his resurrection. And Lord, even as we leave from this place, we know we never leave from your presence. We pray that you would bless those who have joined us as well in our virtual sanctuary. We pray your blessings upon each and every one in the days and weeks to come. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Our ushers will escort those who are in the sanctuary from the sanctuary. <laughs>